Yeah, that's more like one doink. Anyway, hi everyone. This is Shelly. Um, you're listening to BS in the Morning 107.1. Um, he is Brad. I am Shelly. I think I bend down and whisper in my ear. And then I blow in his face and whisper in his ear, time to get on the air. <laughs> what does the fox say? <laughs> I'm sorry, but that that little one just makes me giggle every single time. Hello. Not that. Hello. Hello. You should leave her alone. I'm as mad as hell. My neighbors never talk to me anyway because they think I don't own a bra. Thank you for Doink. playing that one, Brad. That's awesome. Super How I dare you? Because my neighbors really never do think I own a bra. How dare you? 27 years. How dare you? You've crushed my hopes and dreams, and yet I am the lucky one. You have stolen my dreams with your empty words. Well, I was close. People are suffering. People are dying. I'd really like to hear the whole the whole um, dissertation. Do you have that? They'd actually breathe in my nostrils to make me move, to get, get me moving. Okay. Are you not talking today? I had prostate problems that were driving me nuts. Yeah. I have a boss that's driving me nuts. Why are they late? Day late and a dollar short. How dare you? We didn't have tornadoes here until we started putting into traffic circles. When people go round and round in circles, it causes disturbance in the atmosphere and causes tornadoes. That's Dwayne, Dwayne Murray. That Dave. is such a lie. Who is that really? Dwayne Murray. It's not his brother. It's it's Dave Murray's brother, Dwayne Murray. He's also a meteorologist, but he's a little bit different kind of meteorologist. And actually, he still lives here in the St. Louis area. You know, one of the things is that, you know, like Dave Murray's still on TV station or radio stations doing weather, and he doesn't even live here. He lives in Palm Springs, California now. Him and Frank Opinion, you know. These guys that got into the radio business at the right time are all like rich dudes, and the rest of us are like, you know, <laughs> barely can, can you know, so feed them. Frank Opinion doesn't live here? No, he lives, uh, he lives in Palm Springs, too, now. Does he really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 But he'll never admit that. You know, just think like Dave Murray. You've, you ever heard Dave Murray say, well, you know, I'm not really in St. Louis anymore, but I'm still doing the St. Louis weather. No, he doesn't live here anymore. Sold his house. Lived in Ladue. When he retired from Channel 2, sold his house and moved to Palm Springs. And he's he's been there, I don't know, what, two years now? Three years? I mean, however long he's been retired. You know, time flies. Wow. Uh, you know, and the sad thing. But is that really true about Frank Opinion? Oh, yeah. I, I actually thought he was still here. Oh, no, for years. He's only, well, if he's here, he's only here like a couple months out of the year. I mean, he bought that house in Palm Springs, I don't know, 15, 20 years ago. He's is like. He a snowbird? Well, uh, you know, I mean, once again, it's to the point where I, I always find, I, I guess what, what, what I find sort of fascinating about this is that, you know, I've lived here my entire life. I've lived all over the St. Louis area, but I've lived here my entire life. And it's yeah. to the point where, yeah, do we have weird problems? Do we have weird stuff going on, like in the city and, you know, and, you know, and the stuff that's going on right now? There's more. If you want to talk about this now, there's Sam Page coming out again. It's like, well, we're going to allow people to play volleyball at high schools, but no football. You know, and it's like, okay, where, you know, what? Uh, you know, where's Now, the if they wanted to use volleyball fields, all they'd have to do is go to Sugar Fire or Ethel's. 
Well, but see that they can't. They can't. No, that no, that's sand volleyball. That's different. That's not. Oh. Yeah. This is this is not. You know, this is like volleyball. This is like competition, like Olympic kind of stuff, where you're on a hard court. You're on like a hardwood court. Uh, it's not. It's not like you're at at you know at at in back of Ethel's you know on the sand. It, it doesn't doesn't quite <laughs> well, work I didn't that way. Know. No, no, that's that's. And what about those beautiful fields that are over um, by Llewellyn's? What are those fields? Beautiful fields by Llewellyn's. Oh, those on D. Oh, those are soccer fields. Oh. Boy, you know your sports, don't you? <laughs> well, no, no, they they do have. They, I didn't know what kind of fields they were. Well, they, I'm sorry. Mainly soccer fields, but they do have some volleyball ball courts. But once again, those are sand. That's sand volleyball. It's like beach volleyball. Now, I I don't I don't know if that's an Olympic sport or not. You know, they 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 do the the traditional volleyball, which is what like the high schools and the the colleges do, where it's like you know. It's almost always on a basketball court because that's what they do. They yeah. set it up on yeah. a basketball court. My babe actually was was in the volleyball right, um, right, when right, she was in right, high school. Right, they don't they don't do it out. They don't do it you know in the sand. That's but that's gotten to be like that's like a um I, I hate to say this but that's like an exhibition sport. I may be wrong. I'll look it up. I don't you know the 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 Olympics is constantly changing. You know they got rid of baseball, which is like okay, let's scratch our heads on that. And they've got like forty two different kinds of skateboarding now, which is like if, you know it's funny if you went back like thirty years and said. Ah, I see a day when skateboarding will be an Olympic sport. People go like, are you crazy? Skateboarding, an Olympic sport? Or even like snowboarding. You know, if you, ah, I see a day sometime in the 21st century, skate, you know, snowboarding will be an Olympic sport. People go, no, it'll always be alpine skiing and ski jumping and stuff like that. But, you know, the interesting thing about it is I will give them credit because it's more like with snowboarding. I mean, are you a skier? Have you ever skied before? I have not. Okay. There is... I've played ice hockey before. There is... I was on the ice, ice hockey team when I was younger. There's still controversy, uh, not as much as it used to be, but for a while, some of the big high-end uh, ski slopes, like on, you know, Denver, you know, Colorado, places like that, snowboarders were not allowed. It was, it was deemed to be like, oh, that's... Oh, that's that's horrendous. That's that's uh, you know that's uh, terrible. That's disrespectful. That you don't have one board that you put your both feet on. You have a ski on each foot, and you have the poles, and that's the way you ski. And and I think it's eased up in a lot of places. But I know that that was a big a big controversy because of the fact that that you know the younger people wanted to snowboard, and the old dudes you know were like you know this is the way you ski. It's like you know watching a James Bond movie. You know what I mean? Where he's always like in the Alps somewhere skiing with his girl. You know what I'm talking about? Yes, he always is. Yeah. You know, I would actually, I, that's actually one of the things I want to do before. It's on my leap list. Yeah. Ski? But, quite frankly, I know if I skied, I would kill myself. Well, you know, it depends. I mean, uh, it, it and, and here's what it comes it's down to. It's a big slope. Well, you, there's nobody with you to spot you. No, no, you, can go out you don't hit. sit there and, and have training wheels. No, they're not. I all, would die. No, they have the different. They have the different grade slopes. They have what the like the black diamond or whatever the heck it is. And they have, you know, out at Hidden Valley, they've got a couple. What they call them, the the bunny slopes or something like that, which are like the beginner slopes. That would be me. Yeah, and and you can get somebody, you know, to teach you to sort of, you know, you know, go alongside you and stuff like that. I mean, but the problem I have snow skied before, and the problem that I've had is that I, you know, here I go again with my 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 personal, you know, health history. 
I've broken my ankle and I've broken my leg. And I, I mean, in the past. Is there a bone you haven't broken? Well, not skiing. You've broken ribs, you've broken know. arms, oh, you've broken fingers, legs. Right? You've all broken. sorts of stuff. Yeah. Broken head. You know, I've had all those things. I still <laughs> yeah, have, you have. I still have a broken head. But I don't have, I because I screwed up my ankle when I broke it and I tore a bunch of tendons in it, I don't have the strength in it. You know what I mean? I mean, it's it's like I can roller skate, but it has to be in quads. I don't have the the ankle strength to keep straight on like inlines. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't have that. It's it's screwed up. You know. I mean, you know, it's it's funny when I when I blew up my ankle before I I I, I blow I you know tore the tendons in my ankle. And when I went to the doctor and he took the X-rays, oh, he's torn tendons. Oh, go great. No, he says you'd be better off having it broken. I go really. I know what he I know what he means now because it took me like a year to the point where I was back to normal at least being able to run and stuff like that because it just it was this horrendous pain and the problem I had to watch was that if I walked down the street and like I walked on like a you know stepped on an uneven crack like on the sidewalk my my ankle would buckle and then it would like it would feel like I got hit in the ankle with a sledgehammer you know it's like I'd be doubled up on the ground you know in pain so anyway aches and pains Jim White wouldn't be happy who? Jim White. Who's Jim White? Jim White was a legendary talk show host that was on Camo X, and he did the night shift, like I think 10 o'clock at night till 2 o'clock in the morning, and he would start off the show with with what, you, what you're not supposed to call about. And he would, one of the first things he'd always say, no aches and pains calls. It's because it was call-in show. People would call in, Jim, I want to talk about what's going on with blah, blah, blah. And so he would start off the show by saying, you know, hey, and he called himself the Big Bumper. Hey, this is the Big Bumper, and I'm here, and, you know, here's and here's the rules. No aches and pains calls. And I remember him saying that all the time. So, in other words, these old people would call me, hey, Jim, hi, my back hurts, and, oh, my arm's got arthritis, but I'm doing okay, and I want to talk about, uh, I want to talk about uh, bussing. You know, okay, well, let's not do the aches and pains. Let's talk about bussing. Are you going to be okay? It's a hair, Paul. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, time for us to move on. It's six forty-three. Ritmo, I love you. Always says that FM one hundred four. I'm wrong station. One hundred seven point one. Westplex one hundred seven point one. BS in the morning. I'm Shelley. She's Brad. This is the radio station. If you want to listen to, to just shake your head and go, what the hell are they talking about? Yeah, we're the station, right? No comment. You only talk about us. <laughs> You're not going to make any comment on that. Does that strike too too close to home? <laughs> Just a tad. Okay. Well, I said us. I didn't say you. I said us. Sometimes I think to myself, okay, does anybody understand all the weird stuff we talk about? You know, crazy stuff that comes to mind. Stuff Probably like that. Probably not. You know, have you heard um, um, what's going on with some airlines around the country? We'll talk about this next hour. It's gotten to be a controversy with what some airlines are doing? Well, I know they stopped charging for extra bags, did they not? Well, this is... Or no, they, they stopped change fees. Yeah, I mean, you know, some of them were like crazy. I didn't even know they were that bad. I mean, you know, to the point where I have not flown any airline. Maybe this is, maybe some people will roll their eyes when I admit this. I have not flown any airline except Southwest in probably 20 years. And I have to be honest with you, every time I flew another airline, something bad happened like i remember flying i don't know where was it air air west or something like that some airline went out of business and i had a convention go to in los los angeles and flight out there was fine flight back you know we're supposed to leave la at like i don't know seven eight o'clock at night get back at midnight 
and uh, the ladies, uh, you know, two ladies would get up to the check-in little area there, you know, at the little podium, and when they go, you know, well, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be boarding flight. You know how they go through the whole thing. Yeah. Um, and, you know, she, well, we're having some mechanical problems with the plane, and it's on the way, but it's going to be late. And, you know, this goes on for like an hour and a half, and then finally uh, she gets up there, and the two ladies say, um, we regret to inform you, but this flight's been canceled, and they literally pick up their stuff and leave. And we're all like, okay, what do we do? That was like one of my favorite trips. And then I was on an American flight, which was like the flight from hell. And you know what? Southwest, I don't know. I don't know how they do it. It just seems like everything goes right. You know? I mean, I, I don't think I've ever been on a flight when, although, God, I can, I, I can tell you a story about, I think I told you this one time about these three construction guys who were on a flight. I was going from St. Louis to Omaha, and they were just being buttheads. I mean, you know, harassing the stewardesses and, you know, and, and being jerks and yelling and screaming. They were drunk, you know. So everybody's like, okay, whatever. So we get off the plane, and they're all big guys. You know, I'm not a small big guy, but they made me look small. They're all like, looks like one of my sons, you know, big burly guys. So they're right in front of me when they get off the plane because I was a couple seats behind them. So I get off the plane, walking off the jetway, and as these three guys come off the, the, the plane, this... I want to say she was probably like five foot two, five foot three, but a fire breathing Southwest Airlines like supervisor meets these three guys. And and she stopped the whole line, you know, because I was right behind and she just lays into them. Do you realize your, you know, your demeanor and your and she was like, you know, dressing them down, you know, the way you, you know, I know exactly what happened on that flight. We were told by the by the, you know, by the the the, the cabin crew that you were disrespectful to them. And, you know, and she, and she says, I know you're going to I can't remember they're going. I think they might have been going to. I can't remember where it was. Maybe it was Denver. I don't really know. But they had another leg to their flight. They were changing planes, and she canceled their flights. She told them, here's what I've done. Because you were so disrespectful, and we don't need customers like you, I've canceled your flights. Good luck getting to wherever it was. And she turns around and walks away. I'm going, and people started. She's little, but she's mighty. People started to clap. They're going like, "Yay!" You know, they must have been real buttheads. Oh God, it was terrible. And and you know, I, I have a, I, I guess it's one of those things where when I was, you know, like my younger years, I worked at a grocery store. You know, when I was like, when I was not even legal to work, I was like, I think 15 or something like that. And then I worked at a. Ed. And I mean, I was a stock boy at a grocery store, and I got grief from customers. And I hate to tell you this, but you know what the saddest part of it was? You know who was the ne- the meanest? It was the women. You know, the women were like, where's my, my canned peas? It was here last week. What did you do with my canned peas? You know, what kind of a place is this? Why don't you put my canned peas where they're supposed to be? I come in here, and I want to know where my canned peas are. Oh, excuse me, ma'am. I don't know where your canned peas are because I think we're out of stock. Well, how can you be out of stock? You're supposed to have canned peas all the time. What's a grocery store without canned peas? Okay, whatever. And then I was a curb boy for three years at Steak and Shake. So you were like 12. I was 15. You know, Close enough. Yeah, and so so it got, I mean, you know, you... you That's s- much akin to the 12-year-olds nowadays that are like 20, but they're, they're 12, and they're going to tell me how to behave and what I need to do and what I don't need to do. Well, Excuse me? I could have given birth to you. Why don't you just back off? Well, okay, you witnessed me yesterday having a problem where we ate lunch at okay remember yes and what did i do and i'm not trying to put myself out i very nicely went over to the bartender who was serving us and i said you know and i really complain about this but 
could you give me some different French fries? These are absolutely positively cold. Because I gave you one, and when you ate, yeah, they they were chilly. You yeah. took you took it's a you took a how long have these been sitting up there? Right, you took a bite out of it and didn't even finish it. It's like, oh my god, these are cold. And yeah, and, and she was very nice, you know, because I you know I wasn't like yeah, you know, she was a doll. My damn fries are cold. What the hell's going on? It wasn't anything like that, you know. And she and I told her, I said, look, I you know I I, exa- I said that exact you know I rarely complain about something, but you know what? These French fries are absolutely positively cold. And she was like, oh, okay, okay, well, let, you know, let me go back to the kitchen and have them drop a, you know, fresh order of fries. I go, okay, fine. And she brought them out, and she gave me, like, a double order. Remember that? It was like a double order of French fries. And I'm going, like, okay. You know, now I could have gone up to her and go, what in the world? What kind of place is this? Is this something new? Is this, like, some new nouveau cuisine where you're serving the French fries cold? You know, what kind of place is this? I'm going to go on Yelp and just rip you guys apart. I'm going to go on my Facebook page and tell everybody never eat here again. You know, that's that's the kind of people and that people do that. Oh, don't tell me about it. Oh my God, there's <laughs> they do, and it just drives me crazy. Well, it's like these are these are people. These are people trying to feed their families. Right, and not only Stop that, it. not only that. Typically, your waitress or waiter is not the one responsible for cooking up the food. It comes out of the kitchen, and you're giving right. you know, him or her all the grief when you know the the responsibility lays back in the kitchen. You know, I, you know. Uh, don't get me going on this. I usually say, honey, can I speak with your manager? She's, and they say, is there something I can help you with? I said, no, um, I just need to speak with your manager because you don't get paid enough to take my wrath. <laughs> well, but don't call him honey. You know, you ever, uh, see, see, I think women can still get away with that. I call everybody honey. Yeah, but, but, they're, but if, as a guy, you can't do that anymore. Um, look at my face. Do you see care? Okay, no. well, as a guy, you can't do that anymore. Now, here's what's interesting. I have women that call me sweetie and sweetie pie and sweetheart and honey all the time, and I always will thank them. And some of them will look at me like, "What?" I go, "You know what? I I really appreciate being called honey." And some of them will go like, "Well, no, I was. I, I'm sorry." I go, "No, I'm not. I'm not complaining. I'm not being sarcastic. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. You know, it makes me feel good that you have an endearing term to use for me like that. You know, because nowadays, well, you know, well, you know, just like I I told you the thing. I still redress women as ma'am and men as sir. And I know someone who I know very well. Who you know? If you she she gets mad if she's call it being mammed. I don't want to be you know. He mammed me, and I always go like, okay. So the problem with I that is, I don't mind if a, if a gentleman mams me, but if a twelve year old mams me, then that bothers me. I don't. And once again, it goes back to the army. It goes back to the military. You're taught to respect. I know where it comes from, Brad. You know, I mean, you're you know, like like if you're if you know, I mean, it's just as respect thing. I don't. You know, what have we lost? We've lost respect. You know. Man, I did. I'm like Raji Dangerfield. It don't oh, look respect. at seven o'clock. Westplex 107.1. Kelly Clarkson. She dares us. Seven o nine. Good morning. I am Shelly. She is Brad, uh, and we are the morning show right here at BS in the morning, sponsored by great people like Salt River Automotive. Uh, you know, I won't buy there yesterday. They're having their grand opening. I mean, they're open for business and they're taking care of cars already. Yeah, I was. But um. I was out in the area, and uh, I decided to uh, take a, sh- you know, to actually take a long cut and go along Salt River Road, and then go back down Seventy Nine. Uh, anyway, did you see their digs? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. nice, isn't it? I'm jealous. I'm jealous. You should don't be jelly. I'm jealous. You should actually have gone in there. Well, they were closed when I went by there, so what, what time was it? I don't know. It was like six o'clock or something like that. Oh yeah, they you were know, closed. You know, so a- anyway. Um, a nice place, yeah. Right in there, and like I said, I I tried to quiz you down on this, and you remember I'm the former traffic reporter. It's on Salt uh, Salt what Salt River Road, uh, just east of 79 by like a eh, quarter mile. 
So if you get off at 79 at Salt River and if you're going like north and 79. Off of 70. Right. If you go north and 79, you make a right there. You go about a mile, you know, half or no, quarter mile down or on the right. Also, Angie Harness, you know, it's crazy. I had another conversation with somebody yesterday, uh, a guy that uh, advertises on KSOQ, Patriot Towing. And we talked about, had a couple things to talk to him about, uh, some towing stuff. And I said to him, I said, okay, I'm sort of doing a, uh, you know, a unofficial poll of all my clients and how their business has been over the last nine, ten months. And he said pretty much what a lot of people said. Well, it started out good. You know, cold weather's good for us. You know, a lot of people, cars break down. We have to tow them, you know, jump start, stuff like that. Um, you know, January was okay. February was okay until the end. And then March, April, May <laughs> just went off the deep end. And he said at one point in time, I think he said his business was down 80%. Because think about it. Towing company, nobody's driving. Um, and I know this is the law of unintended consequences. But keep in mind that period, especially March and April and even May, Traffic accidents were way down, which is good because there weren't that many people out there driving around. So, you know, he does a lot of, you know, accident towing, stuff like that, as do, as do a lot of, uh, you know, uh, uh, towing companies. Not many accidents. Um, not many people with their car breaking down because nobody's driving. Everybody's at home working from home. And he said, Pretty much. And he says the business really hasn't come back until about the last 30 days or so. Um, you know, I talked to, remember I told I told, told you, I talked to Dan the Bugman, DNR Pest Control. Yeah, he, he told yeah. me it's the best year he's I ever had. I like him. He's a nice man. And he's been in business for a long time. Okay. I saw this a week ago, and it was sent to me yesterday by the smartest woman in the world. And I forgot to talk about it a week ago, and she reminded me of this. Okay. I found this fascinating. It's an article about the flight that goes nowhere. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, 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 yeah. I know a person that'd be perfect for. Uh, for me, I'd love to do that. But anyway, uh, <laughs> this is, I don't know if it, it, the article mainly talks about a lot of these foreign airlines are doing this. I don't know if anybody in the, in the United States is doing this, but essentially these airlines are doing flights where you just take off from an airport and you fly around for an hour, two hours, and you land back at the same airport. Or you're not really going anywhere. You're just, it's almost like a sightseeing trip. And what's interesting about this is, uh, the first one, the article talks about this guy, he's on what, Air Brunei, and uh, he gets on the flight and gets on the flight and just flies and comes back. And what's interesting is one of the quotes in here, see if I can find it, it was pretty interesting. One of the quotes talked about the fact that, that I, can't, I can't find the thing. Oh yeah, here it is right here. Let me, I gotta do something. Don't, don't go away, hold on. You know, I have the lights dimmed down in the studio and I haven't dimmed down so far, I couldn't read. So I have to turn it back on. Okay, this don't is- do you hate when that happens? This is a quote from a travel agency who, who uh, a travel agent who has built, uh, booked some of these flights. She says, quote, one of my clients just a few days ago said, all I want is to be in a window seat and see clouds go by. I miss that sight. I just want white, fluffy clouds. Some people just want to drag their bags through the airport and go check them in. Now, think about that for a minute. Most people go, oh, i got to go to the airport and i got to you know, pull my bag around and i got to go to the check-in. To some people, and I have to be honest with you, I don't normally check bags, but to me, when I do fly, Oh my God! It's just such a a, a a freeing feeling. It's you know now for a while, with my business back in you know late '90s and up into like the early 2000s, 
I flew a lot. I flew at least once a week, sometimes a couple times a week. And you know what? It's like anything. If you do something all the time, it gets to be, you know, you know, it's like sometimes you look at this and you go like, oh, my God, what must it be like to be a Cardinal baseball player and be out in the field and have people cheering for you? At least back yet last last season, people cheering for you, uh, people cheering for you and feel that, you know, rush of adrenaline when you hit a home run. And what do you hear the ballplayers talk about? Oh, well, you know, we got a day off tomorrow, and we're really looking forward to having a day off. I go like, okay, you're a baseball player. You're only going to do this. They're for- a bunch of grown child. Well, but the point being is this is something they've, it's a passion they've had all their life. Greedy. And once they're doing it six, seven, eight days a week, sometimes they'll go for longer than that without a day off. It's to the point where it's like, okay, if I, if I had a chance to play baseball, I would say, coach, you can play me nine innings every single game from the start of the season to the end of the season and i promise you i won't ever get burnt out i will still go out in that field with a smile on my face going like wow i'm out here playing baseball and i'm getting paid you know what i mean that kind of a thing anyway it also talked about um that some of these flights like some of these flights are like like theme air nippon airways out of japan had a Hello Kitty themed flight, you know. I'm going okay. What's oh, that all about? Shoot me now. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> uh, and and Taiwanese airline. Uh, oh no, no. It was excuse me. It wasn't Air Nippon. It was it was Taiwanese airline EVA. Uh, they filled all 309 seats on its Hello Kitty themed A330 Dreamjet for Father's Day in Taiwan. And Japan's All Nippon Airways had a Hawaiian resort themed 90 minute flight with three people on board. And talks about several of these. Uh, flights that they booked for these flights of nowhere, um, they range from seven hundred eighty-seven dollars to three thousand eight hundred dollars. And uh, this one, this one out of Australia, it'll take travelers all around Australia, flying over the Northern Territory, Queensland, and South Wales. Airline currently um, brought back its popular sightseeing tours to Antarctica that don't actually land in Antarctica, but allows passengers to walk around and have different views of the continent. So they just fly a plane from from Australia over Antarctica, and the, then the captain, you know, narrates, okay, we're coming up. If you look out the left windows, you'll see, you know, Ice Station Zebra, where the you know, Americans have their, their, you know, thing on Antarctica. And they just go back. Now, I'm going like, okay, I get it. And what's interesting is the the airlines it's, the airlines are getting some pushback from people going like, okay, this is stupid. You're just flying people around. And the airlines are saying, look, it gives us a chance to call back some of our furloughed employees. It gives us a chance to keep our pilots current. You know, because if you know anything about flying, you have to have you have to stay current, which means you have to fly so many hours within a given period of time. Otherwise, you technically I think actually with an with an ATP like uh, you know rating like the uh, pilots have for like airlines, you you can't fly unless you've been current in a certain amount of time, and you have to actually fly X amount of hours before you're current again. Does that make sense? You know what I'm talking about? It does make sense. Yeah. So anyway, they're saying that this helps the crew stay current. The you know the the, the flight deck crew stay current. It hey it you know keeps people on the payroll. Uh, you know, and think about that. It keeps there's all sorts of people that you know they clean the airplane and you know they service it and you know they do you know put the fuel in and stuff like that. Um, and but the pushback is guess who the pushback people are? Guess who the 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 people going? This is ridiculous. I don't know who the environmentalists. They're saying uh-huh. that this is the ultimate 
ultimate insult to the environment because it's not like these people have to travel from point A to point B. It's not like they have, they're going to see you know, friends or family or going to conduct business. You know, they're just flying around to fly around. I'm going like, okay, give me a break. Come on. You know, these are the same people that complain who'll be down at Starbucks, you know, uh, uh, you know, drinking their $6 cup of coffee. And, uh, you know, you know I, I shouldn't say that. That's a nasty thing to say. But you know what I mean? It's like, it's like, can anybody, I mean, to the point where there's always like the, what, what would you call them? The people are like, if you say, I get great satisfaction from just getting in my car and driving out to the wineries in Augusta. I don't ever go to the wineries, but I just like to jump in my car and go, go west on 70 or, you know, west on 40 and pick up 94 and go down to the wineries and just drive the hills down there in southern St. Charles County. And so you go, well, you're polluting the atmosphere while you're driving down there. You're not really serving any purpose. You're not doing business. You're not transporting any goods. You're not taking anybody there. You're just driving. You're polluting the atmosphere. I'm sorry. I'm not a violent person, but occasionally when I hear somebody like that, I want to implant my knuckles on their forehead. You know what I'm saying? I do. <laughs> it's like not. I was driving around aimlessly last night too. Well, but I mean, I, for no reason, I was just driving around. I didn't feel like going home. I didn't feel like going anywhere. I was just driving. Well, I, I, I you know, sometimes it gets to the point where, where it's like. You know, we talked about yesterday about the problem that, that the West Coast is having with all these forest fires. And this was on NPR where this lady was talking about the fact that it's sort of their own fault because they're not doing the controlled burns. They're not burning off the, the you know, the, the vegetation that's died on the, on the floor of the forests and things like that. And how they have similar, uh, you know, situations in the southeast talked about that if you drive through like go through uh, you know alabama and mississippi and those southern states the big old pines before you start hitting some of the palm trees when you get into florida like in northern florida like pensacola when i go to see my son it's all the big big monster pine trees and they do have controlled burns down there matter of fact they have some places i asked my son about this when i'm driving down on 45 whatever it was where there's big like areas where they just like clear cut like maybe a hundred feet wide and he said they they did that they do that for fire breaks and I go, really? He goes, yeah. He says, uh, you know, that's part of their prevention. Now, the problem with that is in California, I think in most areas you need a permit to cut down a tree. You know what I mean? If you have a tree in your property, I think you have to have a permit to do that. Is that crazy or what? That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Anyway, who knows? Who knows? I'd like to take a flight. You know, you know the flight I'd like to take? Um, I'd like to take a flight that would just, like, fly over, like, the big cities. Like, just fly over, you know, because the problem you have is that most of the time when you're going like to from like St. Louis to Chicago, you really don't see that much of Chicago because of the fact that, you know, you're on approach and you're coming down low and you're not really doing like a loop-de-loop around the city to take, you know, like a sightseeing tour. I'd want, to, I'd want a tour like that. I want to see like Chicago from the air. I want to see Nashville from the air. I'd love to see New York City from the air, fly around New York City and look at the Statue of Liberty and stuff like that. But you can't do that. They won't allow that. Huh. Because of the, you know, the, the flight pass and things like that. You just can't fly around New York, you know, in a helicopter. You can't. I don't know. Maybe I don't even know about New York in a helicopter. I mean, it's so restrictive, but I get it. And you know why it is? It's those nasty people at the FAA. Excuse me. <laughs> that is not true. Take that back twice. 
<laughs> Shelly oh, being look, it's 721. <laughs> Shelly being a former FAA people. Well, they're the ones that tell you where to go. You can't go that way. I tell you where to go all the time, but you never <laughs> listen to me. Uh, Westplex 107.1, Watermelon Sugar. Good morning to you, 730. I am Shelly. She's Brad. Weather's coming up. We'll have the weather for you in just a few minutes. Don't forget, you're listening to the show that's brought to you by Salt River Automotive, as well as Angie Harness, who is with Keller Williams. Two great sponsors of us, and we do appreciate the fact that they sponsor the show. Correct, Shelly? Absolutely. You agree with anything. <laughs> no that's not true. Okay. Uh, are you? Uh, do you eat rice? Are you a rice eater? I am. Uh, do you cook it yourself? Uh, no, my my husband cooks it. Okay, do you know what what brandy buys or who buys it? Do you buy it? He buys it. He buys it too. Do you know what what brand? Mm, it's not minute rice. It's actually rice rice. It's well, yeah, but I mean, what brand of rice? Do you know? He gets it in a big. The reason from Sam's. The reason I ask is that once again we have another product that's switching names because of the fact that they say it's a racial stereotype. Uncle Ben's. Is no longer going to be Mm-mm. Uncle Ben's. It's it, not Uncle Ben's. That's Rice Aroni. It's going to be Ben's original, and it's no longer going to have a picture of the uh, old dude who's Uncle Ben. Now, here's what I don't get, <laughs> and they're talking that, about that's a shame. Well, you know, to me, why, why don't they just leave stuff alone? I, I don't, don't understand. Well, okay, I'm going to give you my stupid example. Okay. Okay. What did I just eat this morning? Okay. What do I eat almost every morning? Right. Zingers. No, I'm back to I'm back to little Debbie's. Okay. Oh, are you? I didn't know. That didn't last too long. Okay, so she's a cute little white girl with a hat on, right? Who? Little Debbie? Yes. Her little picture. She's got a little hat. You know, she's a cute little white girl, right? Isn't that racial stereotyping? Isn't that sexual stereotyping? Maybe she should be instead of so. maybe should instead of her or the name. I think the brand is 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 terribly discriminatory too. Shouldn't the brand be, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, appropriately portion uh, appropriately portioned, Deborah, not little Debbie, but you know. Okay, you're just being ridiculous. <laughs> but matter of fact, I think the whole thing is ridiculous. Well, I'm making the point that the whole thing's stupid and ridiculous. Aunt, it is. Aunt Jemima, okay? You know, it's got a black woman, and I'm thinking to myself, okay? Now, here's the crazy thing. You and I, we try to keep this radio station on the air, try to keep it on the air by selling advertising. And Correct. what do people want to be identified? They want to be identified with brands, okay? Correct. And to a certain extent... If I were to call up General Mills or, you know, whoever the companies are, uh, um, you know, the, some of the big companies that uh, manufacture, uh, uh, you know, foodstuffs that you buy in the grocery store. And I said, hi, my name's Brad, and I would like my picture on every uh, potato chip bag, and the, the brand would be Brad's Favorites. And they'd go, oh, yeah, right, like, we're going to do that. Who are you? We don't even know who you are. You know, so in other words, the idea being is I'm trying to get my picture on a bag of potato chips which would make me like instant star. I'd go into place people, oh, there's the guy from the ch- potato chips. You know what I mean? So the point being is that that's a position to me of like stardom, celebrity. The idea being is that you're sort of like, you know, w- you know why do we, why did people buy for a while when, 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 uh, what's her face, when uh, Martha Stewart was like hotter than a firecracker, why was everybody going out and buying Martha Stewart stuff? W- wasn't she like at Kmart? Wasn't that her deal? She had all the stuff at Kmart 
and you went to the Kmart and you bought her sheets and you bought her towels and her picture was on all of them, okay? Because of the fact that people went, oh, Martha Stewart, oh, she's so great and she knows how to cook everything and she makes houses beautiful and, and so I want to, you know, I, I buy things she's because... She's also a convicted felon. Well, but you had to bring that up. <laughs> Well, I'm just saying. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's we Mar- all have our flaws. Maybe it's Martha Stewart's bail bonds. Maybe that's what she should be sponsored. But, <laughs> but no, no. The point being, it was funny. No, the point being is, is you're honoring the the <laughs> image of someone. And to me, Aunt Jemima is like, okay, once again, you go back in history and you look at how people dressed. You know, like for example, it always amazes me if you go back and look at pictures of a baseball game, like, you know, Bush Stadium, Bush Stadium number one, you know, back in the 40s and, and even the early 50s. What do you see? How are the people dressed? The men all have hats on. You know what I'm saying? Men. Yes, fedoras. Right. Well, well not necessarily fedoras, but they've got some kind of hat on. When men were out yeah, in well, public. Yeah, they wear hats today. It just happens no, to be ball don't. caps they, that are backwards. They don't. Well, hardly anybody, except for baseball caps, hardly anybody wears hats anymore. When's yeah, a, I know. That's what I just when's said. When's the last, like you went to the Chamber of Commerce meeting yesterday, okay? Was there, I did. Was there any man in that place that had a hat on? First off, you're not supposed to wear your hat in the, inside, but, but nobody wears hats anymore. So my point being that if you took a picture of, let's say, Joe Smith in 1948, and Joe Smith was the 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 name you know like the the brand name for like uh, you know potato chips. Joe Smith's potato chips, and you had a picture of Joe Smith, and he's got his hat on, and you know he's got his tie on, and the whole bit. You'd go like, oh, okay, that's a period piece. It's Joe Smith. He's like an old guy, and looked like it back in the 40s or 50s. He's got a fedora on. He's wearing a tie. That's the way people used to dress. Okay, it's the same thing like with Aunt Jemima. She's got that thing on her head. You know, nowadays they would call that, wouldn't the bikers, wouldn't they? You're a biker, wouldn't they call that a do rag? What she has in her head? Yes. It's like a do rag, right? It's absolutely like a do rag. Right. So I don't get it. And to me, it's like, it's like they're saying, well, you're making fun of her. I go, I don't think so. How, how many people go buy Aunt Jemima? You know, how many people buy Uncle Ben's because, you know, they know they recognize that brand? You know, it's like, okay. And I don't think people are going like, well, it's disrespectful. To me, it's respectful. That's what I don't get. If you put somebody's picture on something, unless it's a wanted poster, aren't you sort of, to a certain extent, honoring them and, and paying homage to them? You know what I'm saying? Okay, repeat what you just said. I said once, if you put a picture of somebody on a product or something like that, except a, a wanted poster, aren't you paying tribute to them? Well, see, I would think so. It's like the Gerber baby. Right. You know, and, and where are you going to, well, we're not going to put babies on it because... They actually did, found a new Gerber baby. Oh, but, but you know, somebody's going to come along and say, well, we shouldn't, you shouldn't have, you shouldn't have pictures of babies on the baby food because I'm pedophile. Why isn't the baby girl, baby Gerber baby black? Well, or, or Latino. You know, once again, I mean, it's to the point where every day I hear this stuff and I just go, okay, I just don't understand anymore. I don't understand. <laughs> I don't get it. You know, and, you know, once again, it's to the point where where it's like, you know, and, and what's interesting is, as you said, you know, why why isn't the, you know, the the uh, the, the, the baby black? OK, like once again. I don't know if I if if I if I, I can I can uh, uh, you know uh, see this anymore. But if you used to drive around in parts of the city, and you'd see the billboards, and this was back in the day, you know, for like they're advertising for cigarettes and things like that. They can't advertise like that anymore. But back in the day, if you drove around in certain parts of the city, the billboards had black people on them. Remember that? 
I do. You know, so if you were in a neighborhood that was black and the billboards had black people on it, okay, I get it. You know, once again, the advertising agencies are thinking, well, you know, we want to make sure that we identify with who our customers are. And since we're going to put a billboard in a black area, we're going to have those people be black. If you go out to certain parts of the country, like, you know, you see billboards and you see Asian people on the billboards. Well, you don't see that in the St. Louis area because there aren't many Asian people. You know, so in other words, you're not you're not making fun of them. You're essentially marketing to them. And that's what I don't, you know, I mean, I just don't get it. And, and so, you know, okay, now we lost Aunt Jemima, now Uncle Ben, what's next? You know, Little Debbie. No, and I say... Yeah, I think Little Debbie's history, hon. I say what we re- rename her, I just thought of this. We, 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 we call it ASD. That's the new brand. So you win the store, you know, and you don't see Little Debbie anymore. It just has like big letters ASD, but it's still got her picture on there. And then there's a little asterisk. And you look at the bottom and, and, you know, the asterisk is right next to ASD. And you look at the, you know, the little asterisk at the bottom of the box and it says appropriately sized Debbie. (laughs) That's funny. Because who's going to complain with something that's appropriately sized? Yeah. She's not little. She's not big. You know, like what they're doing with Barbie. Oh, God. You know, Barbie is inclusive of everything. Saw, so should little Debbie's be. You know, and peanut butter. I saw. Let's 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 talk about this next break. I saw an ad that came up in one of. I'm going like, okay, how am I? How is Google? You know, how is Google see me? As I tell you, I keep getting these these ads for this fashion line called Fashion Nova. Have you ever heard of this before? Uh-uh. And it's all these women that make. Kim Kardashian looks small. I mean, these women who have freakishly large derrieres, okay? And, I, and I'm and i not saying that negatively. I'm going like... It's a thing. Well, I know it is, but why are they marketing that to me? You know, I'm going like, I don't quite get it. I got one yesterday. It's because of the things that you look up on the internet, Brad. <laughs> I'm not looking up that kind of stuff. But what, I, okay. get, I get one yesterday, and it's got a picture of a woman, and you know, just like I'd say she's like maybe mid thirties, and it's shot from like you know like the the thighs up. You know, it's like a like not a complete shot, but like you know thighs up. And on the side, it gives her measurements and her bra size. And I'm going like, okay, why am I getting that ad? And yeah, and the and the ad said something about like women come in all shapes and sizes. And and the woman's I can't I see if Do you I know why why because you keep on pulling up that. Um, Lane Bryant commercial with the McRib. <laughs> the McRib, no. No. So that's why. So it's keying off of that. It gives me her, it gives me her, you know, like, you know, in the old days, like they'd talk about, hey, she's 36, 24, 36, you know, that kind of thing. And her measurements were like 32, 29, 42. And the ad was, and then like her bra, now get this, okay? I don't understand this. I'm going to get myself in trouble when I say this. They list her bra size as 32 triple D. And I'm scratching my head going, let me think, 32 triple D. What does that mean? Okay? And I'm going like, well, like TMI. 
why do I care what her measurements are? I mean, I looked at her and I thought to myself, well, she's attractive. And essentially the ad was thinking like, not all women are the perfect size. Not all women have proportional figures. Not all women have that hourglass shape. Okay, I get it. Uh, you know, I, you know, like I haven't figured that out yet. Being a guy my age, looking at women my entire life, I haven't figured out that some women are top heavy. Some women are body heavy. Some women are very curvaceous. Some women are straight up and down. I get it. It's like looking at dudes. You know, how many, you know, you see some guys that have like the big barrel chest chest and the muscles and then you see most of the guys who got the big old beer gut you know and and as they get older they lose their butt and they're you know they got floppy pants in the back you know what i'm saying i get it why do i have to be instructed as to as to like i'm being shamed that i don't understand that women have different sizes and to me it's like okay 32 29 you know 42 or whatever it was i'm going okay i don't have a problem with that you know i'm going no big deal to me i could care less i just don't understand the 32 tri- tri- triple d is that like? That's Barbie's. Thirty-two triple. The original, uh huh. Thirty-two triple D is Barbie. Uh huh. Are you sure? No, well, kind of. It's something like that. I'll look that up in the break. I know, but see that they said proportion. Because literally nobody could look like Barbie. Well, I know they, they said work. that. They said that like Barbie was like forty-two, twenty, twenty. 39 or something they said that that no woman would have a waist that small or something like that who knows yeah no anyway oh look it's 743 ah! west Plex 107.1 i'm sorry i couldn't resist she's still singing here ooh, 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 ooh. and then wilhelm comes in <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> okay <laughs> Man, child, I can't help myself sometimes. I know you can't. It's just that's why we give you leeway. I have this thing in front of me with all this crazy stuff in here. Like, okay, I can't get away from that. Okay, I did my research. We talked about this last break of Barbie. Okay, this supposedly this is from Chapman.edu. So this is like what is Chapman? Is that like a college or something like that? Anyway, I don't know the answer. To if that it's question. a college, if it's EDU, they must know what they must know what they're talking about. Because I don't know if you know the the rules of the internet. If you have to, you you know, you can go online, you can buy a .com and a .org for pretty much anything if it's available. But the EDUs, you just can't buy those. You have to be the issued those because they have to go to educational, official educational institutions. So it can't be like that. Used to be the same thing with ORG, but that's not the case anymore. Right, you can buy ORGs, but you can't buy pornstar.edu or you know or anything like that. Okay, yeah, so. This is from Chapman.edu, okay? The couple different statistics. I don't know how old this is, but it says uh, there are two Barbies sold every second in the world. The target market uh, market for Barbie doll sales is young girls between the ages of 3 and 12. A A girl usually gets her first Barbie by age 3 and collects a total of 7 during her childhood. Over a billion dollars worth of Barbie dolls and accessories were sold in 1993. Oh, this must be old. Making the doll big business and one of top ten toys sold. Okay, now, here's the interesting part. They did this, and they essentially extrapolated her measurements. If Barbie were an actual woman, she would be 5'9 tall. Her bust would be 39 inches. Waist, 18. And her hips would be 33. And her shoe size would be 3. And uh, she, and she and would she wouldn't be able to walk. She'd well, have to be carried well, no, everywhere. No, no, hold on, get this. Like a geisha. Okay, no, hold on. Okay, you you stole my thunder there. It says. Oh, sorry. And it says they call this. This is what they say. This is according to the measurements. Mattel or whoever is calling her full figured, 
and she weighs 110 pounds. So she's five foot nine tall, 39 inch. Her measurements are 39, 18, 33. Size shoe, size three shoe, weighs 110. And being at five foot nine tall and weighing 110 pounds, her BMI body mass index would be 16.24, and she would fit the weight criteria for anorexia. And she would likely not menstruate. If Barbara were if Barbie were a real woman, she'd have to walk in all fours due to her proportions. So you were right when she said you had to. She couldn't stand up straight. She'd have to walk on her hands and, and feet. I'm going like, oh, you know, hold on a minute now. I don't know about that, but I mean. But they made see that is dated because they would have upgraded it to you know updated it to what Barbie is now. Yeah, but they, Barbie is not. Well, they've come out know, with different. You no, know, but they've come out with different size Barbies. But this was the classic Barbie. In other words, this the is classic the classic Barbie. Right, yes. the classic Barbie. She had an 18-inch waist. And she wore wigs. 18-inch waist. I mean, you know. That's not possible. I don't think I had an 18-inch waist when I was 12. Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, you know, I mean, as a as a. But, but that is possible because there are some women that want that want that Barbie measurement so badly. That they'll have their bottom rib removed. Well, I don't think you can get down to 18 inches. I mean, as a dude, if you go to the store and try to buy, you know, like me is to try to buy jeans or stuff like that. Typically, if you go in the men's department, the smallest pair of jeans you can get waist is usually like a 28, 28 or a 29. You know, that's usually the smallest size for men. You know, now, obviously, you know, boys, it's a different situation. But, you know, once you get to a certain and if you're, you know, of average size, I mean, I would say nowadays, like if you went and measured, you know, uh, kids waist, boys waist in high school, you know, when, you know, but, you know, when they're still relatively in high school, they have size 14, 15 shoe. Well, no, no. What I'm saying is in high school, when they're not, they don't they haven't, you know, they haven't had the, the luxury of being able to go to slug down beers all the time. So they don't have the beer gut. You know what I'm saying? I would say. The average waist in a high school kid would be like 31, 32, somewhere in through there. You know what I mean? You know, which which is considered to be like like I think a medium size in like men's clothing. If you have like like if you you know once again, I'm not trying to you know tell all my my secrets here on the air, but like if totally, but that would you tell your secrets on the air all the <laughs> no, time? I don't. Matter of fact, you tell them more than you tell me. <sighs> Well, that would be like a 30-inch waist, 32-inch waist would be considered like a medium-sized waist. Oh, like if you're so buying cool. stuff like underwear and stuff like that. And a small would be like, you know, 26 to 30 and 30 to 34, 35, 36 would be medium. And then 36 to 42 would be, you know, large. And then you get past that, you get like the, you know, the 1X and the 2X and the 3Xs and things like that. But I think most high school kids, if you figure that, you know, the reason I mentioned high school is because, you know, a fair amount of those, you know, the boys would be active. They'd be playing sports. They wouldn't be drinking beer. You know, they would, you know, be in fairly decent shape. They wouldn't be, you know, undernourished. They wouldn't be overfed. They would be average. I think like the average size of like, you know, you know, sometimes, you know, this is weird. I shouldn't admit this. Okay, this is a really strange thing that, you know, Levi's jeans, right? I do. Okay. On the patch, on the back, you know, on the right rear side, if, you, if you're behind somebody in the line, if I'm behind a guy in line and he's wearing Levi's, I'll read his size. Your what? I'll read his size. Why would you do that? It's waist and inseam. 
Yeah, I know what it is, but why would you do that? I don't know. It's just a little quirk I have. I always do that. Matter of fact, I have to admit this. I did it last night. I was in a quickie mart, and and the guy in front of me had Levi's jeans on, and he was wearing 36, 34s. So he had a 36-inch waist. So he's a tall drink of water well, with a small – he was tall and lanky. No, 34, 36 is, you know – I mean, no, he's not a, he's not slim at 36 waist. That's sort of getting up there in waist sizes. But, you know, tall, 34, 34 inseam. Uh, you know, but I don't know. It's just always been a quirk of mine. You know, and sometimes, sometimes I will look and I will think to myself, okay, I'm a blah, 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 blah. You know, how, that's how I look. Sometimes, occasionally, I'll be behind somebody who'll wear my exact same size jeans that I wear. And I'll go like, wow, I'm the, I'm the same size as that guy. And he looks pretty good. You know, is that weird or what? Um, <laughs> it's not the weirdest thing that you do. <laughs> See, but 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 see, here's the interesting thing. And, what's and that? It's funny. I had Tell two, me what's interesting. No, Brad. I had two thoughts last night that I thought to myself, you know, I don't see as many men wearing Levi's as you used to. Because it used to be that every they're guy. They're all wearing either shorts or they're wearing uh, like khakis, that khaki material. Re- remember, remember, do you remember this? Do you remember Zubaz pants? Is that like Garanimals? Well, don't you remember? For men? Don't, you know, don't you remember this? Do you know what Zubaz pants were? No. Seriously, you don't remember this? I, as, as, soon no. As, I, as soon as I describe it, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Okay. okay. Zubaz pants, uh, were, they, were, they were done by, um, yeah, here it is right here. I'll read it to you. Zubaz is a brand of shorts and pants that became popular during the early 1990s. History and description in, here is Wikipedia. It was by one of the wrestlers. Um, who was it? Uh, history and description. Uh, Bob Turex and Dan Stock began brainstorming a new kind of shorts for the heavy lifting man. The pair developed a comfortably baggy pair of shorts with an elastic waistband. Zubaz was registered as a trademark in 1989. Initially, they were marketed as a comfortable, functional pair of shorts for weightlifting. Michael Hegstrand, Joseph Laurinaitis, and manager Nick Del Rio used their professional wrestling persona as the road warriors, yeah, I remember it was something to do with wrestling, as the road warriors to help popularize the pants in the late 90s, late, late 80s and early 90s. They hoped to make a pair of shorts that would stretch and expand with the body during a workout. In a short time, the shorts became wildly popular in the United States. The Zubaz company sold $100 million worth of pants in 1991 alone. The company slogan was Dare to be Different. Although Zubaz began as a line of shorts, the brand extended to, and that's the thing, they, they extended into long pants. And they were like, they were like, sort of like, like very wildly colored pants. And they were like real billowy, almost like pajama bottoms. You know what I mean? And that was, was the, the crotch down to like the knee. No, 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 it wasn't like that at all. But but it came out of the weightlifting thing because they were, you know, the idea was that uh, that uh, you know that they were, you know, that that you could you had, you know, when you because you know it's just like when you go to the gym if you're a weightlifter and you know once again my prior life I used to do that you know when you're especially you're doing squats you don't want to have a pair of pants that binds you on the way down if you know what I'm saying so you would wear like really baggy. You know, uh, typically, uh, you know, super baggy shorts, and that's what these were. But then they had the long pants, and they were super, super, super baggy. So, in other words, you could go to the gym, and back, you know, back in the day, I was working at the gym back then. Back in the day, you'd see, I mean, almost all the guys had Zubaz pants on, Z U B A Z, Zubaz. 
I, I'm surprised you don't remember that. Did you have some? No, I never I, had. I don't remember that at no. all, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, um, it's never come into my little brain. Yeah. Uh, regardless of the spe- specific design, Zubaz are almost always bright, flashy, and often ostentatious. Zubaz designed the uniforms of several arena football league teams. I do remember this. They d- did, did they have Velcro? No. They, you know, they, where you, you Velcro the, like... It, it looks like it, the pants have wings, and then you take the take the one wing and no. Velcro it to your waist. Oh, no, you no, take no. the other one to Velcro to your waist. Is no. that what they are? No. Let me read this. This is Wikipedia. This is pretty funny. Okay. In 1993 survey in Inside Sports magazine, Zubaz finished third in voting for worst thing that happened in sports in 1993. Ahead of it was the number one. Was the, guess what the number one thing, the worst thing that happened in sports in 1993 was? Number uh, one. I don't know. Spitting. The retirement of Michael Jordan. <laughs> so, so, so people voted that as the worst thing that happened in sports in 1993. Number two was Aww. the death of wrestler Dino Bravo, who I don't even remember. And number three was Zubaz Pants. Worst thing that happened in sports in 1993. So now you know about the history of okay, Zubaz. Okay, Zubaz. Z-U-B-A-S. No, Zubaz. Z-U-B-A-Z. Zubaz. Z-U. So it's, in other words, it's got a Z in the front, Z in the back. Z-U-B-A-Z. Zubaz. And I remember everybody wore them. I mean, when you went to the gym, and, and I was like the oddball, you know, if you didn't have Zubaz pants on, and it got to be like a fashion statement because you'd see guys, like casual wear, you'd see guys Typically, if you went to like a bar or something like that, they had a younger crowd. The guys were usually hanging out in Zubaz pants, flip flops or sandals on like some kind of like a T-shirt. You know, I mean, it looks like they it looks like they just walked out of the gym, except for the fact that they didn't have gym shoes on. They were wearing like, you know, flip flops or sandals. That was that was the look. You know, you were a guy. Well, they look like leggings. No, leggings are tight. These are real loose. These are like pajamas. They, they, that's not what they're calling them anymore because if you go to Zubaz they've actually got a legging line as well well it's changed because this is you know this is the original thing um okay so okay. i'll have to google Zubaz 1990 well here it says in another sign of the resurrection of Zubaz brand on july 16 2008 the saint paul saints independent professional baseball team wore Zubaz pants during their games against sioux city explorers the bases were also painted in a recognizable Zubaz tiger stripe pattern on December 6th edition of professional wrestling TV show TNA Impact, Christopher Daniels and Kazarian wrestled the main event in pink and black Zubaz pants. Lately, the Russian curling team wore Zubaz pants in the 2014 Winter Olympics. The Detroit Tigers also recently wore the Zubaz pants. Okay, our last break. This will be second last break. Our last break. Can you stick around for one more break? Sure. I have to tell you a video I saw of this minor league baseball team that was really funny. And to the point where if the River City Rascals would have done this, they'd probably still be around. But that's a whole other story. Okay. It's 8.03. Westplex 107.1. Miley Cyrus, the new and improved voice. She had surgery. I remember we talked about that. I heard her talk about that on Joe Rogan's podcast where she burnt out her voice. Had to have some surgery. Also, too much whiskey, too much smoke, too much alcohol. And I'm not making fun of her. She admitted that. And, you know, once again, Shelly and I have talked about this before. 
there is a voice type within the radio business uh, that we call, especially women, whiskey and cigarettes. Guys can have the whiskey and cigarettes. Matter of fact, the guy for a long time, remember the guy that used to narrate the NFL films? He had a voice like this. And yes, then Joe that. Theismann went down the sidelines. And you can almost hear his voice like cracking all the time. So anyway, uh, it's Miley Cyrus. Okay. <laughs> I'm getting, <laughs> we talked about weird stuff. We talked about Barbie size. We talked about this ad that I got, which showed this woman. And for whatever reason, it showed her measurements. And they were 32 triple D. And she, what did I say? She had a 20, 29, 36, 29 inch waist. And she had a 40, 40 inch hips. Okay. So <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> I don't quite understand bra sizes. So one of my listeners, and I won't say who it is because I don't want to embarrass them. They're sending me this. Okay. Here's the explanation. 32 is above the fullest part of the breast. Double or triple D is six inch difference between the fullest part and 32. So 38 minus 32 equals six nice boobs. Does that make sense to you? So so if you're if you're going to be fitted for a bra, they take the measurement above your boobs or below your boobs? Above your boobs above. and below your boobs. Okay, and then they take the measurement around your boobs and the difference between the measurement of your boobs and below your boobs is the difference and that signifies cup size? I, I don't know the answer to that question. Well, according to this, let me read it again. 32 because, is... Because, and I'm going to say this, the reason I don't know the answer to that question is because I've worn the same size bra since since I've been an adult. And I went and got fitted for a bra, and I was like four... Let's see. Well, let me... I was five cup sizes bigger than I thought I was, and I was... Um, four inch no, well yeah, four inches smaller around my band size. Okay, let me tell you the story. I have two quick bra stories. Here's the guy telling bra stories. Okay, someone I know very well used to work at Nordstrom. Okay, and remember the Oprah show? I do. Oprah had this thing on her show one time, and this lady got very popular, and they had her back a bunch of times. And the thing was, you know, ladies, you're wearing the wrong bra. And they talked about the whole, they went through the measurements, and they had all these women come up on stage, and they measured them, and the gal did all the calculations and the whole bit. And she said, and I think this is like a deal that maybe that, that, um, that Oprah had cooked up, like a sponsorship deal. And she said, if you go to Nordstrom's, they have women who are schooled in proper fitting of your bra, okay? The next day, actually that night, that the show, because the show used to air in St. Louis between 4 and 5. It was a syndicated show, so it depended upon what city you're in is when they ran the Oprah show. But they used to run it between 4 and 5. Within like an hour, the lingerie department at Nordstrom's was packed. And for like days on end, you couldn't hardly get in to the lingerie department. This was back in the day when they only had one. They only had the, the West County store. They didn't have the, uh, the Galleria store. And they, as my source told me, I think she mentioned that they actually quickly trained a bunch of other women to be bra fitters. And these women would come in and they were like buying bras like crazy because they're all going, oh, for years, like what you said, I've worn the wrong bra. Okay, that's story number one. Story number two, I think they're still in business, 
Ann's Bra Shop. They used to be on Main yes, Street. Yes, they are. They've got two locations. Right. They used to be on Main Street right there on on um, in O'Fallon, right near the railroad tracks, if I'm not mistaken. And yes. not on our station, but they ran these ads on other stations. And one woman would come out and she said, I mean, and I'm not making this up. I, I wish I could find this original ad because, man, talking about for a guy, I mean, maybe it wasn't supposed to attract the guys as much as the women. But she starts off the ad by saying, ladies, do you have four boobs? And I heard there go like, what? What's she talking about? I know what she meant by that. <laughs> yes. And she explained that if you wear the wrong size bra and you are relatively full figured, that the top of the bra will cut into the top of your boob and makes it look like you have a pair above your bra. Yeah. Right? Is that am That's, I being correct? That is true, yes. Okay. So <laughs> I'm going like like, okay. <laughs> you know, I'm thinking to myself, is this an ad for like a new act over at PTs or something like that? The woman with four breasts. It's a real thing. <laughs> you know, so so and 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 they do the same thing. They advertise the fact that you're ladies, you're probably wearing the wrong bra. And then I saw this somewhere on the internet where some, you know, I mean, I'm amazed at what people can do with, you know, various websites they put up and stuff like that. And I saw someplace on YouTube where there was a lady doing this and she was doing she was literally, you know, getting women, and she was putting the tape measure on them. They were standing there in their bras, and she was taking the tape measure, and they were doing the calculations. Now, someone else sent me a, a chart, and once again, I, I like scratching my head on this one, okay? This chart is, what is a 32 triple D equivalent to, okay? So here's a chart, okay? So That's a, a little bitty person <laughs> with some really Big girl. Okay, but but here's what it says. It says it says um, it says and it says okay current bra size, and then they has sister size down, sister size up. Okay, so if you wear if your current bra is a 34C, your sister size down would be 32D, and your sister size up would be a 36B. If you wore a 34D. Your sister size down would be a 32 double D or an E, and your sister size up would be a 36 C. And this is where they, the chart they sent me. This is because I've talked about 32 triple D. If you wore a 34 double D or an E, and your sister size down was 32 triple D or an F, your sister size up would be 36 D. Now, you might as well be telling me how to fuel a rocket with chemical symbols that to me that's like i just don't get it i mean it's like over my head i'm going i don't get it why if you wear a if you wear a 34d why would you wear a 32 double d or 36c i don't get it and what am i missing because when you go up a size your band goes down but I, but but so in other words, in other words, a woman, and I'm just using this as an example. We use our same example of the this this crazy picture that I got, you know, which was like, you know, women, you know, aren't all the same size, and you know, and it's got this lady's uh, this lady's you know measurements on it. So if she if she and it says in the picture she was 32 triple D, which means that if she were going to go one size up, she'd be a 36 D one size up. If she was what, please? Okay, it says no. I'm, no, I'm sorry, I'm, I misread the chart. No, it said current bra size 34 double D. Her sister size down would be a 32 triple D, 
and her sister size up would be a 36D. Yes. <laughs> it makes the I don't it doesn't make any sense to me. I you mean, don't it doesn't it's a Mars Venus thing, Brad. Well, you that's, don't That's like that's like saying, well, you know, if that's like saying in guys pants, okay? You got the waist and you got the inseam. That's like saying, okay, if you were a 32 32 waist, your insides, your inseam would be 32. But if you wore a 34-inch waist, your insides, in, you know, inseam would be 30. It's like, okay, it doesn't work that way because... That's a lie. Well, no, what I'm saying is... That I, is a big, fat lie. No, you're exactly right because the, the things, they're two different proportions because you can have guys who are like big in the middle and short. A guy could be like 36 or 38 waist and have like a 28 in... in in eight, you know, he could be a short guy, have a 28-inch inseam, or like, for example, my situation is, is that I have short legs and a long body. I'm six foot two. Maybe I don't think I'm that anymore. I think I'm shrinking. Anyway, I'm. I used to be six foot two. Okay, but my inseam is short. But yet, my one son, who is like also, uh, you know, his inseam is like 36, and it's like, and like he's only like you know, maybe an inch or so taller than me. Because his his proportions are he has longer legs and a shorter torso. Which son is that? I don't want to embarrass him. Oh, okay. By so the way, it's one of your sons. Yeah, we got to get going here. But um, One of your tall sons. My son in Pensacola, I spent, I don't know, an hour on the phone with him last night. He just got his electric back, and he's got all sorts of problems. Oh, man. I mean, I'm so sorry Well, for he that. got his electric back, and apparently, he I don't know if I told you, he was in his house uh, in Pensacola when the, the, torn, when the, the hurricane hit and the power went out, and he heard, he heard like an explosion. Never a good thing with electricity. No, <laughs> and, never. And now all every single light bulb in his house is blown out. Every single light bulb. They're all LEDs. Every, they're, every single one's blown out. Really? Yeah. So he gets like his gets his electric. You know the the it, a tree fell over and knocked his line off. This goes to his house, and they get it back on yesterday afternoon. But now he's got something wrong in the circuit breaker box, because he's got some circuits that work and others that don't. And I'm on the phone with him last night. You know, it's funny because <laughs> this is this is a stupid question. You know, I, he's not Mr. Electric, but you know he he can you know he he understands the basics. So he's got the front of the panel off. And he's giving me these readings, and I go, "Is that an accurate meter you using?" And he goes, "It better be. You gave it to me. It's a Fluke 72." And I go, "Oh yeah, that's an accurate meter. I gave him one of my. I forgot. I gave him one of my good meters." And I'm thinking to myself, "Okay, we send that it back." That doesn't surprise me that you did that. <laughs> we send that back to me. I could use that Fluke 72 nowadays, you know, because <laughs> that's a better meter than what I have. I'm going like, "You better kiss that." Why did Fluke I 73 goodbye? Why did I give that? That the, why did I give him the better meter? Why didn't I keep that one because and give him the other one? Because that's the kind of dad you are. I don't know about that. I, you know that sort I of because because when he because I'm thinking to myself, you know, because I'm thinking he went like to like Harbor Freight and bought like the ten dollar meter which works for a day and then it blows up or something like that. No, he's got a Fluke seventy two. Now it's an older model, but you know, being in electronics, I mean, what's one of the best uh, brands of 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 measurement equipment? A fluke. Right, exactly. I know that's a that's a I threw you sort of a do stupid question, but you know, usually if you, <laughs> And it's amazing how I caught right onto that stupid well, question. Well I've had I've had fluke equipment that I've got some things that are thirty years old 
and still work like today like they were you know brand new out of the box and i've dropped them i've kicked them you know they've they've been you know they've gotten wet they've gotten you know they've gotten rained on they've been in in you know uh, transmitter rooms that have been 130 degrees they've been sitting outside you know it's 10 below zero and they always work you know, it's and, and you, once again you spend the extra money for it, but it just works and they work and they work and they work. Whereas you buy the Chinese junk, but unfortunately, I think a lot of fluke stuff is now made in China. But you know, back in the day, a lot of it was made in the United States. Uh, but you know, uh, but now you buy it and it's probably the same junk. You know, you're you're paying a hundred bucks for a fluke meter and you can buy the same thing with Chinese for thirty bucks. It's probably made in the same factory, which is discouraging. But you know, what are you going to do? Draw back two and punt. And with that, we are. Done. Well, this has been an interesting show. Yeah, we talked about bra sizes. We talked about <laughs> flights to nowhere. Well, it's stuff that women need to know. Well, I, no, it's not need to and know. You're the one that educates us. It's, that it's, is so cute. It's me, dumb guy, not knowing this stuff, and me not going like, okay, I don't quite understand what is. I don't. Brad, there are women that do not know that stuff. What bra sizes? Yes. Okay, whatever you say. Because a lot of women are wearing the incorrect bra size. That's true. Well, you know what? I think what? I'm, I'm going to quit this radio job, and I'm going to get educated to be a bra fitter, and I think that's what I'm going to do in my next life. I'm going to be Brad. <laughs> Brad because, that's not going to happen. think about it for a minute. Yeah, I, I am, and that's not going to happen. If you take the D off of my name, what do you get? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Everybody have a great day. It's Come on. a slice of heaven you, as you, usual, Brad. You didn't answer it my, is 827. You didn't answer my question. If you take D off my name, what do you get? Bra. <laughs> it is eight twenty seven.